Resident Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. In this episode, I'm talking to Sam Cavett, owner of Paradise Theater in Hawaii. Sam is a good friend, a veteran designer of private residential theater spaces, and one of the most popular CEDIA Expo instructors of all time. Sam, aloha, and thanks for joining me. Aloha, and thank you for having me on, on your series. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to see you. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm here in Carmel, Indiana, where it's essentially 12 o'clock noon, and you're joining me at 6 a.m. in Hawaii. You, uh, you really have to start your day early there when you live in paradise, yeah. don't you? We do start early uh, in order to stay in touch with everybody else, but I don't get a whole lot of sympathy because paradise is a great place to live. The early mornings is, a, is my favorite time of the day, so uh, often I'm on the water about this time of day as well, so it can't, well, it's not so bad. <laughs> I, I've never lived in Hawaii, but I, um, I, I spent a summer on the West Coast, and uh, you know, it was a similar experience where you had to start your day early, but it wasn't it wasn't as painful as, you know, perhaps on the East Coast when you get up super early because yeah. it is just beautiful. You know, the sun hits you and you, you're, you're wide awake. So I, yeah. I, I definitely don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, hey, you know, I, I know a lot of folks know who you are um, in the custom integration business and, and anyone that's ever read Residential Systems or even Residential Tech Today um, with your, your new article series that you just started um, kind of knows what you're all about. But for, for listeners, let's talk about what you do for a living. You, you design private theaters, um, and, and those are different in, in a way that you explain quite often in your articles than home theaters. So can you kind of get into why you call them private theaters versus home theaters? Sure. It, the, it's, it's, it's really to identify the fact that there is a difference between levels of performance and levels of design and execution. Um, first thing I like to say is, Anybody who's enjoying home theater, cinema, music, sound, any of this stuff, I applaud. Um, our industry, I applaud because um, when you think about our lives and the things that we, we work hard, and when we, one of the most important things that is good for people is entertainment and spending time with people that we love. So home theater allows that to happen. So it's, it's, a, it's a, I think, a very good thing for people to be involved with. Um, so, but for us, Paradise Theater, what we started off uh, with is the vision of, um, we kind of got into it early, and when Home Theater first came, came around, it was, it was something special, it was amazing. But we only had five channels, and the video wasn't very good, and the audio wasn't even very good. But, and when you say channels, not five channels of television, five channels of audio. Yeah. Well, actually, I was around when there were only three channels of television. So <laughs> yeah, me too. I remember those days. But, right. but um, yeah, it was, you know, left, center, right, left side, right side, and sub. That's what we had. And it was extraordinary. It was amazing. It was new. And people got excited about it and became enthusiastic about having home theaters. So calling it a home theater was just great because it was brand new and it was something that people were pursuing but it's become somewhat commoditized and uh with what paradise theater does and and our um raison d'etre is is to create and to create excellence it's what we're it's in our dna it's what paradise theater is all about but our whole 
team follows that, I guess, inspiration from me, because that's the way I'm wired up. So we want to differentiate what Paradise Theater does from more common type of, and when I say common, it's not a bad thing, but from the, the, the standard level of performance. Paradise Theater takes it to the, the best possible level. And there's, a, there's certainly room for that. So that's, that's why we do that. It's not to become arrogant or, or off-putting. We certainly don't want to be that way because all we do is things about entertainment and that family and togetherness and fun. So why would you want to be arrogant about stuff like that? It's supposed to be enjoyable. So that's why we, in fact, we call it private cinema. Oh, private cinema. And right. there's, a, there's a reason I'm doing that too because I've got an initiative that I want to talk about a little bit later mm -hmm. to help promote the awareness of, uh, of this uh, great thing that we get to be involved in. So, so, so how, how does uh, what you're doing, you're, you're, you're designing the, the, the room, are, are you working with custom integrators on every project? How are you different from a traditional just custom integrator versus a theater designer that you are? Yeah, thanks for asking that because we, we, we work with an integration partner on every theater that we do. Um, Paradise Theater does not sell equipment. We do not get lines. There are products that we admire because of their performance and their, the, what, the results that they deliver. But we're an architect, if you will, of a theater space. So we engineer the space. We design the performance characteristics of the space. And we base our design on a very um, well-engineered uh, process that we've developed over the years so that we can always create a level of performance that we can rely on. And then we integrate that with aesthetics. And it's a very important aspect of, of all that. And so we work, we do the design ourselves or we work with interior designer, we work with architects and so forth. But on the same level with the technology, even though we will do the engineering to determine what systems would be appropriate, kind of like choosing the right engine for a plane. You want to make sure it'll fly over the mountains. You don't want to be left short of horsepower to get over the mountains. Well, the same thing with the system for theater. We engineer the, the performance characteristics will be required. And then we work with the integrator who provides it, installs it, configures it, and, and services it. So everybody's got their core competency, and that's how we um, function within that team of, of people involved in building the theater. And, and when you use the word private, it, it's always a, a dedicated space then. You're never uh, doing any of these common areas and just making them really great for, you know, a cinematic experience and living. You know, I, I like this, this whole um, dialogue about media room versus private theater or home theater and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's all based on, on the, the physics of the space and the, and the, the, the characteristics of the space. If somebody wants very, very high performance audio and they want to combine it in a kitchen, great room, glass walls and floor, kind of like my living room area, you can get a certain level of performance, but you're never going to be able to achieve certain things like a quiet room that will give you the ability to hear the smallest details, which is important. Imagine if you were drinking a fine wine, but um, you were smoking a cigar at the same time, you might not taste all of the nuance of that fine wine in that environment. Same thing in a, in a room that has distractions and so forth. Um, so 
That being said, if somebody says, I want a room that I can play games with, I can have a pool table, I want a bar in it, or whatever the case may be, but I also want a true cinematic experience, well, that's actually a more challenging project than just a rectangular cubic room that we create a private cinema in. We could do it, and we can do it, and we have done it. So that whole dialogue between a media room and a private cinema or private theater is sometimes I think needs to be investigated a little bit further because it's, you know, there, there's a phrase, a rose is a rose is a rose. Well, not always, right? There's some right. beautiful, great roses and there's some that are just, have, you know, that have thorns. So <laughs> we want to, we would, we would be willing and happy to be engaged in all of those things. And again, my house in Hawaii, I've, I've big window that overlooks the ocean and you know i'm not going to cover that up so in my living room that's you know a red lcd screen and, and a sound sound system so that's my living room there's nothing wrong with that we have a lot of fun here. but right. um when it comes to designing we have to look at what we're trying to achieve so that's kind of that's part of what we're about is is looking past those labels and saying what are we trying to achieve and if yeah. our clients know what's possible and what's available we can have that conversation with them very effectively. And so they can say, oh yeah, I get it. I do want that media room that shares space in my kitchen, but I also want to have a place where I can really listen to the music and the soundtracks that I love very, very well. And so um, and many of our clientele have the means to have, have both the best of both worlds. So, so what, what is um, your background that got you into this this business, this specific business, um, do you have a, a degree? Um, or are you kind of schooled hard knocks like a lot of guys that I talk to in this industry? I, I, I guess you'd say I'm the school of hard rocks rather than <laughs> okay. hard knocks. Because um, I grew up as a musician and I played musician, I played music for, I played music for about 60 years. And I played the drums for over 50 years. And uh, I, I uh, um, you know, trying to become a rock star is how, how I grew up. And that was my background. And, and so I studied music in college and, and um, decided that fame and fortune was my future and, and went for it. Um, when I realized that was probably not going to happen in a very timely manner, the way I wanted it to, I, I made a shift and got into um, design. And again, that kind of, as I look back in my life, I said, that's, that's, talks to who I am. I'm driven to create. I'm driven towards things that are, are beautiful and, and are, you know, uh, of that nature. Um, so I got into uh, designing uh, high-end products for the high-end uh, residential market in Southern California. And I uh, discovered home theater. Hmm. And when I discovered home theater, it was like a homecoming. Because right. as a musician, when I was playing the drums, and the drummer always has the band, the drums, the sound system, and all that stuff, because you got to. And so I learned enough about all of the technology and acoustics in order to make our, our band sound good and stuff like that. So I was always very interested in it. And um, when the home theater came about, I guess you'd say, uh, I, it was a great place for me to land. And people always ask me, how do you get there? I said, well, you can't get there from here. But I was lucky because I got, got there and started doing, doing um, uh, the home theater uh, designs and you know went through a few iterations and finally started a company called Media Environment Design, which is our corporate inter- entity. And we did a lot of different things in the industry. Did, like you said, uh, uh, 
the teaching and so forth in, in many different characteristics at CDF. Uh, and then um, we just realized that private theater, private cinema was our, our passion. That was our purpose. So we created the company Paradise Theater. The, the, that's our, our company name that does theater design. And, you know, we focus 100% on that now. So, so that's, that's a bit of the, uh, the, um, the history. Um, it was just me for a long time. And then I've added people uh, uh, as the company has grown and as our scope has grown. We now have two uh, um, acoustic engineers. Uh, we've got an architectural designer. We've got an interior designer, several project managers, several CAD um, designers that work full time for Paradise Theater. We're okay. coming from home right now because right. nobody's going into the office, but uh, we're blessed to have that capability of being able to do that. So, so that's where we started and that's where I started and we've become a team and um, it's pretty exciting. What about um, those early days? Like what, what were your first projects? Were they, um, were, did you get to know custom integrators and just say, hey, I've got some ideas? How, how, do you, how do you dive right into that first design that you did or first couple of I actually became an, became an integrator because okay. we, when we first, everybody was learning. I always tell people, back in that, those days, we did everything wrong, but we were all excited about it. <laughs> you know, because we didn't have good video, we didn't have good audio, we didn't know what small room acoustics really required, which we really have that very well understood now. We've got the capabilities. Uh, we've been fortunate because we've been along the lines, learning it as the as the industry has learned what to do with small room acoustics. So um, we went to the dealers in our area, and they said, "Well, we don't need that. We have interior designers. We don't need a theater designer." We'll just do it ourselves. So we said, well, we have to do it ourselves. We started a, a company and um, got some lines and created a showroom and did that whole thing. And uh, oh my goodness, uh, to become an integrator, that's a very complicated, hard, hard industry. You've got so many things to, to, to know and, and, uh, and so forth. So um, that was good for me, I believe, because it allowed me to understand that side of business very well and when I realized I didn't really want to be an integrator I wanted to focus on the design and the production of private cinemas that I still have that background and that understanding of what it what it takes to be an integrator so there's a good synergy between Paradise Theater and the integrator community so um, yeah but, but it was we thought oh everybody's going to welcome us with open arms yay just what we've been waiting for a theater designer maybe didn't really react that way. But, you know, it all is well that ends well, right? Exactly. Um, before we continue our conversation with Sam Cavett, let's take a short break for a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to Residential Tech Talks. Today's episode is brought to you by Sony. Sony's OLED TVs and Master Series meet the strict criteria of the top engineers and makes beautiful images a reality. Their 4K HDR TVs pair the brilliance of 4K with the brightness, color, and detail of high dynamic range. See how every scene comes to life with extraordinary realism. Discover a new level of immersive cinematic audio at home. With Dolby Atmos and acoustic surface audio, you'll enjoy three-dimensional surround sound that takes your breath away. See everything new from the world of Sony USA, including electronics, the new PlayStation 5, 
movies, music, and TV shows. Visit www.sony.com to learn more. Welcome back. I'm talking with Sam Cavett, owner of Paradise Theater. Sam, um, we talked about how you got into this business. How did you end up in Hawaii? Well, I got married here. Um, and and uh, I grew up, my wife and I both grew up in San Diego. We're both native San Diegans. And, um, it was, I guess you might say, almost a small town uh, when we were young. Um, and uh, so that's how long ago it was that it was a small town. But um, when we got married in Kauai, and then we came to Maui for our, the rest of our honeymoon, it was like a homecoming. It, we both looked at each other and said, this is where we belong. And we just felt like where we belong. And we made a deal right then and there, we would retire there. Mm. And then uh, within a couple of years, my wife says, you're never gonna retire. <laughs> so let's go live in Hawaii. And I thought, why not? But we can do what we do. And by that time, I already had a team of people working with Paradise Theater. So um, our corporate offices are still in Carlsbad, California, and that's where our team is located. So it, it allowed us to um, kind of change some of the ways we did business. I wanted to uh, have a more efficient process, and the old school process was Sam drives to the job site and looks at things. Well, now my team either does a Zoom meeting so that we're more immediate in, in reacting to questions and support issues and so forth, or they fly or drive to the project site. And then I arrived at the project site at critical points at commissioning and stuff like that. But um, <clears throat> we, we just, uh, we, we do some work here in the islands, um, but we, it's not our, our, most of our work is in um, the big metropolitan areas and, and the resort areas around the country and around the world. But um, we just live here because we love the lifestyle. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm as happy. There's a thing called island fever. And that means what people mostly mean by island fever is I got to get off the rock. I want, I'm, I'm feeling claustrophobic. I need to go somewhere away from this island. It's 2,500 miles away from the next landmass. For me, it's the opposite. If I'm off the island, I get island fever to come back home. Uh -huh. I'm very, very satisfied living in Hawaii. So, See, that was like when I lived in New York, I, I didn't want to leave the grid of Manhattan. <laughs> it's a lot different, but it's a similar kind of when, comfort. <laughs> when you're where you belong, you're where you belong. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and you're a surfer as well. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen you talk about that a lot. I heard you talk about that a lot. Um, are you still a surfer? Or are you, do you have oh, I love to surf. Okay. I'm, we're, we're getting a swell this weekend, and I'm planning on taking a new board that I uh, just grabbed uh, out this weekend and, and try it out. Hopefully, it's the right size and, and shape and works well, but no matter what, I'll have fun. Nice. Um, I love the water. I surf. Um, there's a sport that we do out here, uh, uh, Hawaiian outrigger canoe paddling, mm -hmm. which is amazing uh, because we either one person or up to six people in a canoe uh, and we paddle. I've paddled between every island except for I have not paddled from Oahu to Kauai, which is about 100 miles. Ooh, okay. Um, of a paddle. So I've paddled from Maui to Big Island several times around Maui. Maui to Lanai, Maui to Molokai, Maui to Oahu. Um, and it's, a, it's quite an experience to leave one landmass in a small craft, yeah. powered by yourself, and then go to another landmass. It's kind of a sense of adventure. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's what I do for fun. 
So. Yeah. Wow. Not bad. Uh, but, well, you know, being landlocked in the Midwest now, I can't really relate, but I, I can, uh, I can imagine what that must be like. That sounds amazing. Um, so you've, um, you've really given back to, uh, to the industry, uh, in your, you know, over the years with your CEDIA training. So, uh, one of the things I remember, and I believe the reason I was able to connect with you initially to write for residential systems was because you were always getting that. Uh, favorite instructor vote from the attendees that went to your class. And uh, I, I just wondered if you could recall some of the classes you've taught over the years and how you keep the the attention of these guys for, for the hours that you would teach. Because some of those classes were pretty long, right? Like three-hour courses? Yeah. We I mean, what, actually had um, some full-day courses. Back whoa. in the day, we created, we created a, a home theater design um, course that got split up into smaller segments as well but um <clears throat> you know honestly our industry people are engaged people are excited and that that um that's one thing that we've done right is that people are excited about what we do and, and I, I think that there's no reason not to be excited about the things that we do um but you know when you start to talk for several hours about technology and how to how to do things it, in a classroom, it, it is it is hard. I think um, I'm excited. I'm really passionate about what it is that I do. Um, it's funny. I play the drums now at my church, and and the pastor of my church says, "Don't ever ask Sam about sound, because he will tell you what he knows, and he'll be there for a while." Because <laughs> I love it, and I want to share it, and I I want other people to appreciate it and, and sure. love it too. So you know, I think that there's that. Um, I feel like uh, our industry is a best kept secret. As big as we think we are, the public doesn't really know about us very much. And they know about us almost peripherally and they don't understand. It's, I had a friend that uh, actually was, she's one of the South America um, reps for Harman uh, Luxury. And, and, um, and she told me that it's like a, a pleasure unexploited. Mm. That, that it's as if we had invented wine and hadn't told the world yet. And what if you had that? Wouldn't you want to get that word out? So to me, what, uh, from the early days when I taught a lot about technical classes and how-to and so forth, well, there's a lot of people that know how-to. And frankly, there's companies, there are companies that know how-to. So in my mind, an integrator is serving a client very well to engage with a company like Paradise Theater. There are others. I'm not the only person that does comprehensive and high-level engineering and design of private cinemas. So um, even though it's kind of a shameless plug, it's not totally because there are others. But if there's teaming up that way, it's not necessarily so, so much of a uh, service to talk about how to do all the nuts and bolts, something, you know, one-day class that's taken – frankly, now 30 years to learn how to do. Um, but what I'm transferring to is talking about how to explain that to our clientele and how for us to get the word out to the clientele uh, better. And so that we have a, an industry that people are coming to us for and they're not waiting and seeing us as a commodity. And, and we'll get that if we, if we have to. We'll decide if we've got budget left over to do a private cinema. I want them to come to us and say, and this happens a lot. We see it nowadays a lot. We're building a new home. 
we've got an entire floor that's dedicated to entertainment and it's its cornerstone is a private cinema. That's a, I think that's a healthy thing for the entire industry that that's happening, but we need to see that more and more. Sure. So I've kind of transferred my energy into um, evangelism of the, the great opportunities that we provide our, could provide for clients. And, um, so I don't know if I answered your question exactly, but no, that's that what i these days. No, I, I figured a lot of it had to do with passion and 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 just um, some of the, the design sensibilities. So, um, do you have a signature um, room design that you'd say that's really that it always comes back to something that you an element that you always want to include, or is every every room really unique based on the client and how they come to you, and maybe coordinating with the look of the house and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's it's. Um... Every every theater is a is a is a bespoke creation, okay. um, but because it's a functional, uh, a theater is a very interesting design problem because you've got to achieve certain things. You've got to achieve the right sight lines, the right visual aspects. So there's the engineering and the design of all those relationships: the seating, sight lines, the size of the screen, the light, the projection, the location. All of that has to be calculated and, and engineered. And then that has to coordinate with the sonic environment, the acoustic environment. So we've got you know, the whole problem of low frequency. So that's you know, location, location, location. If you're in the wrong location, you're not gonna get good bass. Mm -hmm. So all of that's got to be figured out. So um, we have developed a process. Um, it's kind of funny because over the years, I thought, well, we could create packages because we're smart, we know what we're doing, and you know, we do the same thing over and over again. But what we realized is that in every one of our projects, our clients' projects, you have two rows, three rows, you have an entry, you have a location of the entry, and all these, these variables that you have to deal with, that the package had so many pieces that needed to be customized that we didn't see the value for us in approaching it that way. So what we did is we sat back and we looked and we said, look what we've done. We've created a process that starts from the first interview with the client or the client representative, all the way down through the early conceptualization, the, the functional engineering, the, the final engineering, the, the integration with the design, and all of these steps that we take. And, and at the end of the day, that, that process allows us to deliver excellence always. That's a phrase that I... I put on my website because I told my team, that's what we do, excellence always. And the process is our signature design because it allows us to create the vision of our client in their, with their needs and requirements and result in something that well, provides something that gives that result. So there's no, you know, hey, it's all art deco, it's all modern, it's all, I love design, I love creativity and beauty. But at the end of the day, it's got to, you know, every luxury car starts to look like every luxury car in a way, especially yeah. the high performance ones, because there are certain physical things that are required to make it perform. Well, that's the same thing with the theater is that there are certain things that need to happen in order for it to be a great experience for our clients. So there's a similarity, you know, the range with seating and all those, those relationships. Sure. But the creativity is when we, we, we mold that into a design that maybe an interior designers come to us with this vision of a room that's 
that's problematic. And, and then we've been able to take that, that vision and the functional aspect of the theater, I call it the chassis, and meld them together into something that's, that's unique. It wins on all levels, great aesthetics, great performance. You know, that's, that's, that's our, our, what our mission is on, on every theater. You're good. And so I want to transition to what your article series is for residential tech today. You're really um, going into this, um, this idea of the, the, the modern movie experience, the cinema, the, the commercial theater experience, and how it's kind of out, uh, it's being threatened right now by not only COVID-19, you know, shutdowns, but just a different a change in taste, maybe, and things that are occurring uh, just as a as a trend and how perhaps the private cinema is one of those last refuges of this art form. And I just wanted to kind of let you tell, tell your story a bit um, from your own words. Thank you, that. I really appreciate that. Um, because, you know, a friend of mine, uh, Tim at uh, Barco, probably spoken to Tim, he's a great, great enthusiast as well, a great evangelist for what we do. He, 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 and sorry, Tim, I'm going to steal your thunder, but you'll say it again anyway. He says, nobody buys a, you know, a $250,000 projector. Well, they do, but they don't buy it because they want a projector. They buy it because they want this experience. They want, whether it's a, a, a art wall, or whether it's a, a great private cinema with the best picture that you could possibly have, that's the tool or that's the, the engine that will deliver that experience. So the client wants that experience. So when you step back and you say, well, what is it that we're actually selling? Am I selling private cinemas? Or am I selling or creating a place where people can enjoy an art form? And whether that art form is music or it's called games and art form, that people create these games and it's an entertainment experience that people are having together. Oh, that's the important part, together. And then movies. And then you think about movies, and you think about where it came from, with the silent movies, and even earlier than that, with the, the funny little things that they did um, mm -hmm. hundreds of years ago to create an entertainment, um, and, and, and see where it's gone with this art form. And um, it's like uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert, they had a quote that talked about, it's, it's a, uh, uh, movies are, are the greatest, uh, and I'm, I'm going to misquote this, machine for emotion, because mm. it allows the audience to live in the emotions of the, of the characters in the movie for a short period of time. It's this ability to change ourselves for a period of time, which allows us to separate from the stresses and all the stuff in the world. And, um, you know, it's I don't know how many people in the industry are aware there's a museum in Hollywood that's gonna open this year, hopefully. It's called, it's the Academy Museum of Film. Mm -hmm. And the, the architect of that, uh, of that museum, it's a, it's a beautiful building, it's great. I, I really, I can't wait to be able to fly to LA and, and visit it, just walk through it, spend time in it. Um, it, it he, he loves film, the architect. It's such a perfect fit for him to be the architect. Because he says, film is the great modern art form. It, it combines emotion, it combines, combines sound, it combines all these elements for us to transport ourselves to a different place. And that 
that separation from the day-to-day is a really great thing. But now what's happening is because and technology is, an, is one of those uh, you know, elements. It gives great capabilities for us, but it's also given us these things, right? Phones, mm-hmm. iPhones, devices. And so now we're on our phones all the time. We're on our devices all the time. And we watch movies on those devices. And so if I was going to look at a Monet painting, I need to see it in its scale. Right. I need to see it so that I can see how the artist created light out of paint because that's what he does. And that's art. And that's an experience that's different than what I can see of that same art on a screen. It's a different experience. Well, the same thing is true with movies. You think about the great movies, think of one of the great thing. I, I mentioned this one because there's a scene in Lawrence of Arabia where the, the horse is the, he's riding across the desert from afar. And that scene wouldn't be made if they had to make it fit on even a small a computer screen for mm-hmm. the audience because it takes the big screen. Um, and then this, the same thing is true uh, of sound. Um, uh, another friend is uh, Andrew DiCristofano. I always butcher his name because too many syllables for me. <laughs> but he is a, a very passionate artistic sound designer. He created the sound design for one of the Iron Man movies. Uh, my favorite sound design that he did for me, it's subjective, is Unbroken. Mm, yeah. It's just such a rich tapestry of sound. And, and it's subtle and it's got great realism. You, you're there because of the sound. But in a small system and in a room that doesn't how, allow you to actually hear the details, you miss it. And right. we were talking about that. He says it's one of the, the, you know, the issues of being a sound designer is your art gets buried a lot of times. So if our clientele were to know that that's what we have the ability to deliver to them is this art form in its great, great shape and that they could actually have their own gallery. Gallery for film would be a cinema mm-hmm. because that's where you, you, you experience a film the way it's supposed to be experienced. Then I think there's a connection. I think there's an opportunity for us to grow the desirability of what it is that we do by making that awareness to the clientele. So that's what I'm, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I hope that, I mean, obviously, and I call this cinema connoisseur. That's what I call this initiative, cinema connoisseur. I call it connoisseurship because the whole term of connoisseur came from art, art world, where in, back in the day, nobody could tell fakes from, from real. So there had to be experts, and the experts were the connoisseurs. So, you know, we're now looking for experts about film and film, private cinema and stuff. So that's what I'm trying to do is create an initiative where we can get the word out to the clientele that there's something great, there's something admirable. Um, and I'm not saying everybody needs to have a four row theater in a dungeon and stuff like that. There's a lot of ways to achieve that. But it's, it's when the clients really appreciate the difference and, and are, are seeking it, um, and then they can have an appreciation of it. And, you know, our lives get so busy we're so fast, we've got so many things going on that we forget to take advantage of the most important things of life, which is to share time, to share good times and experiences with the people we love. 
And that's one of the things that happens in a, in a movie theater, in a private cinema, in a media room, whatever the case may be. It draws us together, separates the day-to-day, and allows us to have, have that time. So I want people to realize that so that I think it'll grow our industry. And hopefully it'll be good for my company, but I hope it's good for everybody that's involved in what we do. So um, I said a lot, I usually do, but that's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm doing these days. Well, I mean, in your message even resonates more now in, in the COVID-19 era that we're in, um, because I talk to a lot of people and we talk, what, what will you um, be comfortable doing as restrictions are lifted? And the last thing on the minds of so many is going to a movie theater, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's going to affect the business, of course, of, of movie making. But if we can create those spaces in homes that at least give people a place to go with their families in their own house or in their friend's home, um, then, then you're, then you're serving that purpose that you're discussing there. Um, what, what other ways, uh, have you been completely, um, shut down because of the, the inability to, to work in client uh, projects or have you been able to work at all during the COVID-19? Um, Paris theater is, is, is very fortunate. We, we've, we've got a good, um, base of clientele and, and, and people that we work with. And so there are people who are um, continuing with projects. And um, so we, we have to be careful with traveling and that sort of thing. But we're fortunate in that we've developed a process that allows us to um, provide very solid documentation and communicate that with the people uh, who are on the projects doing the, the build outs. And um, so we've kind of had to shift of how we, we communicate with people. Um, we're, I, I pray that this whole shutdown and, and limitation will, will, will uh, relax um, appropriately. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to, to get sick and, and, and suffer. And we're very careful with our team members about that. And, and uh, uh, we, we don't, um, uh, my, my, my team members, my employees, I call them my team members, because without them, we don't do anything. We can't. <laughs> one man show doesn't work anymore. Right. Um, their safety, their happiness, their satisfaction is really important to us. So we won't put them on a plane to go somewhere at their risk and or at their discomfort. Um, you know, so we, we just had to work work around things somewhat. But there is, as you said, a demand. People are realizing, you know what? I'm going to spend more time at home, and I I don't want to give away. The good things in life, and I applaud that. We shouldn't give away the good things in life because they're given to us for a reason, so not not to discard. So um, you know, we're we're still working to help people get their private cinemas in their homes and and make it, make it happen. In the meantime, we're working to do this evangelism thing to get the word out that um, there is. You know, I I would you know, there's a, a New York Times article maybe a year ago, talking about what's the future of film. And this is before any of this COVID um, issue came about. And people were concerned about the, the, the art form. And that's what started me thinking about that whole art conversation. And, and I hope that as an industry, we can have some positive impact and help the art form stay. And there's always going to be streaming programs. I mean, I love um, Bosch. I love... Man in the High Castle, I just, you know, those are great, great, fun, well-produced productions. 
but it's different than a movie. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing. It's not the same art form. So, okay, now we've got multiple art forms. That, to me, is a great thing, but sure. they're, they're, they're unique. And I want to see the film art form become unique. Um, and there's another thing. I've been starting to say, you know, what about the old movies? I, I, you know, if I've got a great private cinema, I remember one time I did a, a theater for a client and he was a real fan of the movie Dances with Wolves. Remember that movie? Sure. Back? And he called me up after he got his theater. He said, Sam, it's like I never saw it before because I hear all of this atmospheric sound that was never uh, audible to me in the, in the movie theater and in my other home theater that I had. So, you know, people can experience the art form even better with great private cinema. So that, that's the kind of uh, uh, renaissance or awakening that I'm hoping to see out of, out, of, out of what we're doing here. And maybe COVID has had a hard effect and there's been some hard things that people have had to struggle through. And, um, and I pray that everybody will get through it as well as they possibly can. But at the end of it, let's enjoy our lives because that is something that we have that we, that we should not forsake. So anyway. Well, that's a, great, that's a great message to end on, Sam. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Sam Cavett, for joining us today and sharing your story. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it. It's always good to see you. Come to Hawaii. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. I I I really hope that we can uh, get back to traveling again, and and that will be a goal for sure. Yep. Um, and and thanks also to everybody else for joining us. Um, be sure to comment, share, or subscribe to the podcast, and you can check out all the latest residential tech news at Residential um, Tech Today's website www.restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired. And let us know if you have a great story to tell.